Cheers. Welcome to Talking Scotch. John, Cheers. first or second guest, depending on when we're going to post which clip. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what were you boys just saying about how you met? So John and I uh, met at the, uh, yeah. the local. The local, yeah. Freak show. Um, I played around, got off stage, and Chris was hanging out at the bar. And uh, he was like, hey, I like your stuff, man. We should ride together. <laughs> the, t- the typical Nashville, yeah. like... That's how hey, most man. relationships develop. Let's write. <laughs> we should ride together. Let's write sometime. Let's write. <laughs> Have you seen the t-shirts that are like, let's write together? Yeah. I don't know who did them. Probably Nikki T or something. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, let's write yeah. together. How many times have you boys missed fucking rounds because you've said, yeah, let's write together sometime. And then both of you forget to put it in your calendar and someone says oh were we meant to write on wednesday oh, at the start it was probably pretty bad you know yeah. but we we kind of got into town at a similar time so yeah i feel like you and i've kind of went through a bit of the wars together you know yeah. like we've had the same kind of like you know downtime and stuff like that like i remember like last january we were talking to each other and it's just like yeah i got a lot of people canceling on me and i was like yeah i got a lot of people canceling on me too and i think it's cold weather or whatever you know but i don't know you just speaks to, that speaks to our, you know, work ethic and everything. Yeah. We, we just kept on it, you know. We wanted to keep, yeah, we wanted to keep going. Fucking 900 it, so. songs in 45 days together. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then some bad ones. Yeah, our first write was with Ryan Garrett, actually. Oh, Ryan yeah. Garrett. Shut yeah. up. It was, actually, yeah. It was a great write, too. Yeah. Yeah. What was that song called again? Tears Over Tennessee. Tears Over Tennessee, yeah. yeah. Still a great song. Yeah. Still one of my favorite rights I've had, yeah. Didn't make the uh, the 36 song wall and cut, but yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was options. Didn't make it on that, but... Uh, there's always the next uh, 55 <laughs> song fucking album. We're trying to get on that uh, that triple album coming out <laughs> next year, you know. <laughs> Why are they making them so long now? Like, seriously? I don't know. It's really intimidating, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I, I've it's got making like, it complicated as hell. I've got two good songs and 45 bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> I might I just release a 50-song like, album. Yeah, I, I, like, should I put out a four-song or six-song EP? And then <laughs> more, like, multiply that out, by like, 12. Yeah, 24, 36 songs. It's just like Jesus. I, I heard a I heard a rumor that he's like potentially taking up his his contract. So like an album yeah. for a record label is twelve songs. Yeah. So I don't know if it's true or what the fuck is happening. But I heard, I heard a rumor too, and I heard it from Chris. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm drunk, there's probably some drivel coming out there. But I, I did hear that from someone else. But I don't know. I mean, it would make sense, but I can't. Yeah. I can't really see why he would want out of that. He's getting everything he fucking wants, you know. Well, well the funny thing about it is that, like, even if that is the case, he's still writing like thirty-six good songs and yeah. a handful of like great songs on that album. So if he's trying to get out of a deal, he's doing it in a stand-up way. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know. But I, I, I don't know. I reckon he's just outgrown like everyone yeah. in the industry. Like he's, he's got yeah. more. Was it more songs on the top? Every, every one of those songs than like Drake and like yeah. Rihanna and SZA. Set records, like, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we went, I savage. went to see him at the at the Bridgestone when he did the Nashville thing, yeah. and uh, I mean, I, I like him. I'm, I would consider myself a fan, but I didn't wait in in the line, <laughs> the the chaos down at. Yeah. for the free tickets but I got there and it was literally I think I said this in the last last podcast too but it was like something from Elvis like yeah. obviously yeah. I wasn't alive when Elvis was there but you were stood there and me and my buddy Cole our friend and we were like we, me and him kept looking at, looking at each other going man this is pretty pretty cool yeah, yeah. I remember uh, probably the day after that you were talking to me about it and you are like 
after every song, you and Cole would look at each other and just be like, like you wouldn't have much to say, you just nod at each other. Yeah. And it was like that kind of feeling of like, something's happening here. You, know? you just felt part of something. And yeah. I think that's hard to find nowadays yeah. just because there's so yeah. many different opinions in the world and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, that's like the divide between, you know, everyone's just putting out singles just now. Yeah. It's the divide between like, well, why don't you put out an album? And if all the songs are good enough to be singles, then the album's still going to do well, as opposed to like, well, right. let me just put out all of my album songs as singles and like, I'll start with the best one and then just release them one by one until we right. get to the shittiest <laughs> song on my album. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, out of all of them, I've got streams at this point, so it's fine. Yeah. The hardest thing I've found with like putting out even like a six song EP, and I've done an album before, is like, is having. Of course, when people play the album, you're going to get the first couple of songs, and a lot of people don't listen to the whole album, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people have been saving your best songs yeah. for later on in the album, or you yeah. pick your placement of these songs so, like, you spend so much time figuring out the track list and where you want them to be, and then, you know, 60% of your audience, maybe more, I don't know the stats, probably don't even get down to the last song, Yeah, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing about, like, somebody like Morgan kind of treads that line really well because he's got the singles to draw everybody's attention because most people now like most of the audience now is like they just want to hear the singles yeah and but he's still got an album for the true followers basically yeah. and the people that are listening to the album like i've listened to all 36 songs probably four or five times over 36 now. times yeah <laughs> 36 times <laughs> and I, that's because like I, I i believe in what he's doing you know and i like i yeah. appreciate what he's doing as a songwriter and and uh but there's a lot of artists out there that are just doing like one single every few months yeah and you know i mean that works for some people but it's pretty impressive to be able to do both you know so he's got those singles like last night thought you should know stuff like that but he's also got an album worth of like good songs yeah. and like good songwriting songs. A lot of those with his buddies, like Hardy and Ernest and people like that. Yeah. And then some of those like, um, I think uh, some of my favorite songs on the album are uh, "Me to Me." Um, I think F one fifty fifty was 50. yeah. <laughs> I, I like think the, that uh, was that was co-written by some guys that like Morgan wasn't even a, a part of that right you know yeah. So he's got plenty of songs on that too yeah. that he's looking at guys that they've got songs that are in his style you know that still line up with what he's doing and that's yeah. that's really cool to see that you know. And he also put his singles in the album in like very strategic places so that like yeah. if, you, if you liked thought you should know and that's i don't know what where it is in the album but let's say it's yeah. number 18 then you might just accidentally keep it playing and you end up listening right. to 19 right. 20 and 21 and then you know that's a part of it man yeah. one thing at a time is is number 25 and like he's kind of like separated them like every six yeah. songs one of the singles is on so if you look for yeah. the single even if you only like one of them you'll end up accidentally hearing the rest of the album right so you're really smart yeah, I think I think I think that's been such a thought through record, and and I think back to what you were saying, John, like about uh, you know Hardy, Ernest, all the guys that he's been writing with, and the people that he's just taken outside cuts from. I think that's really motivational for you know writers like ourselves, or you know, you know, working our way up in the industry. You know, that's that's such a cool thing for me, and uh, yeah, you know, we've met we've met all those kind of people, like you know. Ernest and these guys that hang around Midtown and yeah. it's so cool to see that there's opportunities out there for other writers yeah it is really cool I think um, that album specifically to me spoke to like the Nashville scene 
because like all the songs that I connect to, I look at the song credits and see who's writing on them and everything. And it's really cool that he's still like cutting songs. He's, he's written with his guys that he's been around with, you know, yeah. for a while now. And that really speaks to the songwriting culture of Nashville. And you don't really see that in like any genre of music outside of Nashville, I feel like, and like outside of country, you know. And the other thing I saw with that album was when he put out that sampler, every song in that sampler was four songs. They were all very different in sound. Yeah. Like last night's very pop. Um, what's a, everything I love is very like Texas country kind of, you know, like everything was a little bit different and, and then he puts out the album and in the album, he's experimenting with a lot of different sounds. And one of the things about Morgan is like, you can put him across, you know, kind of every genre of sound and he, like his voice still fits, you know, like you were talking about that a lot the other night, you know, and it's like, that's really cool to see. And I feel like that's one of the things that he was really trying to reach with that album. Yeah. Because when he put that sampler out, it was four songs, but it was four songs in completely different, you know, atmospheres. You yeah. know, like that was, that was I, really cool. I know. I think that drew, like, that drew so many more people into the record because yeah. obviously you're going to have his diehard fans and there's a lot of them. But there's also those people that are like, oh, he's kind of doing that. <clears throat> I, I want I'm not going to compare it to the 1975, but one thing at a time is quite like that band, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. pop. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe Electric pop. guitar, yeah. like, almost yeah. like John Mayrish as totally, well at some totally. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I heard it, and my buddy Cole and I, our buddy, is like, we're we're so we always just listen to Wallen when we're driving around in his truck or whatever. And I remember we I called him like a week after the sampler came out, and I said what kind of direction is this record going to go in? And yeah. he said, I, I've got no clue. And I, and I was like, I'm just yeah. really intrigued to see where it's going to go. And that's the cool yeah. thing about it is like, I, I think I kind of had the same thought looking at that sampler, but the, the, like, the answer to that is like, it's going in every direction because he's yeah. basically showing that like, he can take on whatever sound he wants to and still fit, yeah. you know, to that with it, his voice and his, you know, it's even swagger, yeah. it's even like the R and B stuff that they're they're bringing yeah, into yeah. country. I think that's making country even more bigger than yeah. what it's ever been. Maybe even or at least bring yeah. it back to how big it's ever been. Yeah. yeah, well, they've got like a fucking dance like bass house version of last night. Oh, they do already. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's, it slaps. And people don't, people don't realize <laughs> like it's fucking sick. You get showered yeah. to it. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. it's fucking great, man. Like, I'm a I'm very, like, I'm a very like traditional country, like outlaw country kind of guy. Like I like that's the kind of stuff that I like. But even with that sort of thing, like you have to admit, like if you look at like a lot of '80s country and like guys like you know Conway Twitty and Whitley and like guys like that the records they were releasing back then, like they were abiding to like the, the standard sound that was on the radio, you know, mm-hmm. like country was kind of taking a, a certain swing to each decade as it went along. And especially eighties country. Cause that kind of like sticks out to me a lot. Like you heard a lot of instruments in eighties country <laughs> that you wouldn't think that you would hear. That you never hear again. Yeah. And you, you would never hear again. Like we still haven't heard some shit from that. I you heard know? a sitar on, yeah, on a Whitley exactly. album. Like, <laughs> like people have been experimenting with, with, you know, someone brought in a xylophone once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go into number one and no yeah. one ever used it again. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not to say that like Morgan's like breaking away from, you know, traditional country or anything like that, but he's experimenting with different sounds and he's adapting to 
the era of music that we're in and country's yeah. always done that man yeah and i mean that that started i guess with country like recently with like your sam hunt and those kind of guys yep. that had like the pop drums and then they used the trap drums and then wallen had broadway girls <laughs> made it good and they made it better right <laughs> exactly hey i do enjoy a sam hunt song so i'll take that back i, I, <laughs> I do enjoy a wee sam hunt song as well but uh it it, it everything is pouring into like the same bucket and for anyone to say that it's got to be a certain way is just kind of holding themselves back from enjoying another genre of music totally and every artist feeds there's like a a concept that there's no new art whether it's like music or or painting or sport or anything and it's just your individualism comes from taking from like 20 different people that you've yeah. seen before so yeah, man. you're I mean, not going to do anything new but your specific version of that is from everything that you've seen in the past and you bring all of those together and as he's like kind of a, a hip-hop country artist in yeah. a way which has kind of been done before but he did what he's good at or what, what he was brought up with first in order to get a name for himself and then and then brought that in which i think is fucking cool yeah and that's and why I'm putting the bagpipes in my next song. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you can, can bring bagpipes into modern country. Yeah. So, so, you, so you guys, we all have, I think we all have new music coming out at some point in the, ne- in the yeah. near future, don't we? Mm-hmm. So you've you've yeah. just been working on a, on a new project, Callum, am I right? We need tequila yeah. therapy song. Yeah. Tell us more about that. That one's uh, that's like the first song that I wrote in Nashville that I was like, actually... I actually would listen to this. Everything else that I'd written before was <laughs> fucking dog shit. It was with me and John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want to cut this one? Um, maybe. <laughs> no, I'd, I hadn't even met you guys yet when I wrote this one, but I'd, uh, I'd always, I did Monarch, the show, and all of that was cover stuff. And then I started writing country music, and it was like, it was just dog shit. It was, just, it was so bad. And then I started writing songs like, if I was to rewrite... Um, you know, like if I was to rewrite a Luke Combs song, how would it sound? And if I was to rewrite a, like a, even I worked with Trace Adkins and I was like, if I was to rewrite a Trace Adkins songs from the 90s, how would that sound? So I started like taking little bits from each song and then I was like, all right, well, let me look at what I listen to at the moment and what I do with my life. And at the time I was going through a breakup and drinking lots of tequila and I was like well tequila is how I got over this fucking breakup so I was like let me write a song about how tequila has become my therapy and uh I was sitting in here at this little fucking desk behind me and I was like let me I'm not very good at the guitar I can play the guitar to sing along to but I'm not like a big like you know I can't riff or anything or I can't make melodic guitar fucking riffs or anything so I was like right what's a pretty basic chord structure so I put that down and put it into Ableton and then uh, just started writing. Or I, I think I started with a chorus and I don't know how it, the line came up, but I just thought I'll find me some tequila therapy. And then it just went from there and I just kept running on that. And I was like, well, what is tequila therapy? So then that's when I started building the the verses. And then I got my only other friend that I'd met, uh, Justin Love. Uh, he's a cool, very good, very good guy. Lovely, guy, lovely yeah. guy. Shout out, Justin. Dude, in Nashville. But I was like, listen, man, I think I've, I think I've got something pretty cool here, and uh, 
and do you mind helping me finish it? And he kind of came in and made the guitar sound way better. And then um, there was like the bridge, and he <laughs> uh, added a G seven or something. I <laughs> uh, he, he just he just played it the exact same way that I was supposed to be playing it. It sounded good, <laughs> but he and he gave me a couple ideas of where to go. He did like a songwriting course back in Texas, so. Uh, that was perfect and then I started playing that around and I was like fuck I've got to start actually writing and then we got together I wrote another couple of bad songs after that and I was like oh it was maybe a one and done and then we did More Tennessee which is maybe a song that's a um, great song I love that song might be the next single um, it will at least if I do release an album or an EP it'll at least be on that but it could be the next single uh, but we've wrote another few good ones since then so I'm For not sure. sure anymore but I know um yeah, just fucking put a song down and... Uh, When's it come out? Three months later, got it cut, got it produced, and it comes out. Probably by the time this podcast comes out, it's probably already out. So uh, fucking stream <laughs> that shit, if you will. <laughs> it's, on, it's on all the platforms. But yeah, that's the old story behind Tequila Therapy. And just today, before we did the podcast, I did a little... Uh, printed out a label for a tequila brand that doesn't exist is that water in there or is that actual tequila no it's I think tequila. we should try it I think we should try we should it, yeah. try it. you want to try some tequila there uh, well actually what are we what's drinking here is this scotch or is this whiskey like what have we got so this this is bourbon that we're drinking at the moment but if you guys would indulge me this is actually a, a, a well-known brand of tequila that I scratched the label off I'm pretty sure that's illegal but we'll just pass on that <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Ooh. Is that that can't her- turn down tequila? Is that that Herga Durga? Tequila. Here you go, boys. Might be Herga Durga. Herga. Herga Durga. Tequila therapy. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll put some hairs in your chest, John. Cheers. Can you name it? Espelon. Fucking spot on. He knows it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking Espelon. So Let's I'd try this. Just chip oh, yeah. the Espelon off the ball. Hope they don't sue me, but... <laughs> We're not making money off it by selling Aye. it, so I think it's fine. Sit on that table. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just going to sit with this for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you can keep it. Just keep the, keep that label pointed at the screen yeah. as well. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I can't wait to, to hear the project. It's uh, It's been cool to see you kind of grow from when I met you into this, like, artist now, music, mu- musical artist. winging it. I mean, we all are yeah. winging it, I guess, to some extent. Um, yeah. You know, I've done music for... 13 years or 12 years or something I'm still young but I did it like stupidly young and like didn't really know what I was doing at all so only the last like three or four years have I really figured out my sound and where I want to go but you know it's nice to to co-write this is my second song that I'm cutting now that I co-wrote with someone else so uh, To the Moon and Back comes out and I don't have a date yet so I've got I've got the final mix I'm sending it to Mastering soon that's one of my favourite songs like outside of just being a pal of mine like i fucking really love mean that, that song That's yeah right. i i was in i remember when i first met you and, and then i saw you around it was you guys wrote it together no 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 no, no, no. i caught his last the last one i did uh, strangers, strangers in the bar, bar john yeah. and i wrote. oh yeah that's a good one as well yeah. but yeah to the moon and back is fucking tremendous man yeah. we uh i was on we were down in panama with brock another one of our pals and uh if uh, if anyone at any point would be like, oh, I love you, man, I'd be like, I love you to the moon and back. <laughs> Mate, that's, that's the content. <laughs> that's the content for, that we've got to get going on TikTok. <laughs> I love you, brother. I love you, babe. To the moon. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking, that's a great song. I'm glad yeah. you cut to that one. To your credit, 
very catchy melody on that, man. Thanks. It's, it's, I uh, yeah, kind of winged that great. one, but I'm excited for it. So I like that. So what about you, John? You've what, been you've been right, a kind of right, right before we bang on. When does it come out? I don't have a date yet, so oh, okay. uh, I've got okay. the sent to mastering. We've got the final mix, and then. I don't know. I think before the summer, we're just going to yeah. see what's happening. Cool. But I'm excited for it. But John, you've uh, you've been in town about the same length as me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've been, as I said, through the ups and downs and through the ringer with the we've industry. Been through a lot of ups and downs. And, uh, you know, I feel like both of us have completely changed as individuals in terms of yeah. sound, in terms of music, in terms of personality and yeah. mental health and all that yeah. jazz. But... Especially mental health. <laughs> You've finally got music coming out as well, I hear. Yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Um, I'm uh, working on my first single. Just finished vocals the other day. I don't have a release date or anything like that yet, but um, probably aiming for May. And uh, kind of like what you were talking about, man, with Justin, dude. Like, this was one of my first, I think it might have been my first co-write in Nashville, um, was with Henry Gates and uh he's been a good buddy of mine for a, a long time and we've written a couple songs but crazy enough man like we got lucky on that first one it, yeah. it just happened to be like it wasn't just like a great song but uh i remember the we wrote it and um i kind of sidelined it a little bit because i couldn't really at the on that chorus like you hit like a really low note what song ghost town ghost town in the sky that right? was one of your first rights in town yeah so that's probably going to be my first uh, that's going to be my first single that's a oh, fucking yeah. I, we're aiming for may on that but uh but i remember like when we wrote that i couldn't really hit that low note on it and um it's i don't know it's a song for me like it speaks to my evolution as an artist and as a songwriter because i wasn't very good when i started i really only started doing music like two years ago yeah. you know two and a half years ago or whatever and that was one of my first co-writes and and um i remember i was sitting at a i was hanging out with ron garrett and uh carson Byer and and uh some other folks at a we were sitting in the garage one night and um i pulled out that song probably about six months after i'd written it with uh henry and uh, i played it and ryan was like man that's your best song i was like really and so I started playing a little bit more and I got a little bit more used to it. And a few months later, I started to kind of like really, you know, figure out how to sing the song. Mm. And strangely enough, like it became like the song that kind of defined me as an artist, yeah. you know, and, and like I like that song means so much to me now, like lyrically, but also vocally. Once I learned it, like how I wanted to sing that low note. Like that actually kind of defined my sound as a songwriter to and as a vocalist. Totally, know? man. Like, see, see, when I, when I, obviously we've known each other for a while, but when you saw, when you, I, that was a song for me that I remember I would go and watch you play and there would be people turn around and when you'd hit that note and be like, holy shit. Yeah. And I remember it, I was like, that's so cool. And yeah. I knew you'd found that kind of sound that you'd all, you'd been really looking for when yeah. we first started hanging out. And it took me like a year to find a, like figure that out. It's, it's crazy, man. Like that sound like taught me how to sing yeah. in some weird ways. Like I went through some shit in like later that year that got me kind of angry and like I was, I was in pretty bad space and when i would go out and sing i'd kind of sing a little bit angry and when i first started singing that song i was trying to imitate johnny cash a lot and like you know i and i, and I couldn't do it because it was johnny cash you know? <laughs> but once i got a little angry and 
got fucked over by some people. <laughs> I kind of found that sound and it just kind of came out of me. And I was like, man, this, this feels right. You know? And that it's weird how sometimes like you write a song early on in your career and you're still trying to figure, figure out your sound. And then that song kind of helps you progress as an artist and yeah. as a vocalist and that sort of thing. And like, yeah, it's weird, man. It's, songs are weird things, dude. Like they, they there's a spiritual, you totally. know, emotional kind of there's a sorry go on. entity that's like connected to that and like sometimes a song will teach you how to sing it i think back to your point about your first rights so that you're cutting your first right you're cutting mm. your first right mm. i've i wrote that song perfect storm with dan hudson and that, uh, yeah. justin dukes Jarrett hartness yeah. and i got i kind of got like invited last minute they were like you want to come in and do it can i think they felt sorry for me <laughs> and we wrote an absolute <laughs> smash and i don't know why i haven't yeah. cut that but I think I might at some it's point. It's a great song. I remember um, that. But I've got a tattoo. I've got the uh, Matthew. Uh, what's, I can't remember the, the Bible verse right now. I'm a bit drunk. But I've got that <laughs> tattooed in my hand. And it says, uh, when two or three of you gather in my name, there I am with you. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I'm religious to some extent, but I don't go to church or anything. But I remember when I heard that again, I was like, Wait, I just heard that from a songwriter's point of view. So when two or three of you gather in my name, so two or three of us, let's say tonight after we record this, we sit down with our guitars and start writing. Every now and then, you might be going through a fucking terrible streak of writing songs. You're going, I've not got it anymore. I've, yeah. I don't think writer's block's really a thing as a writer, as a songwriter. I think you just go through stages of like, nah, I'm really kind of yeah. crap at like the moment. Less inspiration, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, there's those magic moments and you feel it. You do feel it in the room at the time. Yeah. And that's one thing, just being in Nashville for a while, that's the drug that keeps me going. Yeah. And of course there's days when we all wake up and we're like, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing here. Like, you know, I've done that X, Y, and Z, but my end goal is, could be 10 years away, could be five years away, could be next week, but you just don't really know how to get there yet. Yeah. But I think there's that magicalness of maybe it's God, maybe it's just, an energy in the room maybe it's just something of three talented folks coming together but something happens and uh well i mean there's a, there's a good point there man i mean you know i grew up very religious and grew up in a christian background and everything and i kind of drifted away from that and uh and still i'm on the outskirts of that but there's something about like when you get together with other people in fellowship and community and that's the great thing about music you know, like that's a big part of music. That's why I came into music was because of the community and the fellowship. Yeah. You know? And you get in a room with like, you know, two or three other people and you start talking about your feelings and which we don't do as guys a lot of the time. Exactly. Like the most I probably talk about, like how I actually feel is in the writing room. Yeah. Strangely enough. You ever had John you know? crying to you yet? Yeah. I still have to come, Cal. <laughs> 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 the, the, the number of times I bought Only it's 2 a.m. in the morning. There, there's no guitars around. We're not writing any music. We're just a couple, going, a couple of fiddles. <laughs> a couple of tiny fiddles in the background. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, it's like, that's a really special thing about music. And that's, that's really why I kind of sold my soul to it was because, like, I saw the potential to, you know, connect with other people. Yeah. And it took me, like, I'm 33 years old now. It took me probably till I was about 30 years old to realize that people were the most important thing in the world, yeah. you know, and like forget everything else, forget making money and all these other things. Like those things are important, 
but the best thing that you could have is like developing relationships and developing a community and be a part of like being a part of something like that and nashville is like intoxicating in that way like there's so much community here there's so many people that want to support you and when you get into a room with people like my favorite thing is you know let's not try to write a song for the first hour let's just hang out and just yeah. talk and and chill you know let yeah. maybe we crack a beer maybe we have a cup of coffee or something like that maybe we go down the street and just have lunch yeah you know and we get to know each other a little bit especially when it's your first time writing with somebody but like that's the best thing about it and music is just conducive to that like it just yeah makes you get into a room with people and get to know each other. It's all about an energy for me, and that it took me a while, uh, just in my short time being here, to realize that. Mm. And I think what I see now is, I think we've all kind of found the people that we like to write with. But now you can kind of gauge if there's a kind of new guy or someone that you've been introduced to that's someone that's like, you should write with this guy. If you just talk to them that first time, I can kind of feel the energy if yeah. they've got yeah. it or they've not, just for yeah. the same, if yeah. it matches my energy in a room. And it's not necessarily like, you know, you might get into a room with somebody who's writing hits right now. They're just on a roll, but you don't have any chemistry. No, totally. You know? And totally. That, that, that just happens. You yeah. know? We've, we've got friends, that, like all three of us have got people that we that we don't, yeah. that we've, we love, you know, I consider family and it's not that I... I don't think they're talented. It's just that right. we don't have an energy or we did have an energy and energies change and things like that. That's, yeah. that's just part of part of music, I think. And that's a part of like figuring yourself out as a songwriter too, I think, is like for me personally, like I like to have somebody in the room that talks a lot. It's always like spitting <laughs> me, out me, ideas. Me and Ryan Garrett is a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Ryan's great because he's just always yeah. like talking shit, which is great. I love that because I'm like... I'll sit there and just kind of strum some. I'll strum the, you know, the chord progression on my guitar and like talk to myself in my head, and I'll, you know. But it's it's yeah. good when I'm writing with some with somebody who's like spitting out stuff every yeah. you know five seconds, yeah. and then for other people, it's the opposite, you know. They so need it's, the quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I've even heard of like people writing together and they'll go in separate rooms. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Just yeah. take like uh, twenty minutes. Yeah. To sit down and see what they come up with and come back. You know, so yeah. you never know. It's it's all about like figuring out like what's the perfect chemistry for you, yeah, and who works best for you. And I mean, you might sit down with somebody, and maybe it's not the best connection there. But what if you add this piece? You know, or like what if we add this guy? You know, yeah. and it, like if you add that, you know, other exponent, yeah, it works. Yeah, you know? that's I found that we we went down on a writers retreat in Panama. Uh, you guys, I think, were going at some point, and then you had something come up or whatever. Yeah, but well, you, 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 all the stories you, you told me, you, you all the you stories you, you told going. me from that, I've, I regret not going. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> fucking! It looks a good time. Tremendous fun. But <laughs> how I, many I, songs did you write? I think six songs in five days. That's awesome. Which, which isn't That's like brilliant. mental. Yeah. It's not like it wasn't like a boot camp. It was like we just woke up fun. and if someone caught yeah. a vibe everyone would join on. And the first day we, we split into two groups and like we tried to do it like it was more of a boot, boot camp. camp. The best songs came when all five of us were just sitting around the table and we had some really good guys that are just songwriters and they don't want to be artists and then we had some guys that were like full-on artists and actually don't really write songs for anyone else other other than themselves and uh i had to find like i think the best rooms are when everyone finds the role for themselves and 
I think the best, the coolest thing to be is a little bit versatile in that moment. Like if if you're the louder one, but there is a louder one in the in the room, not to like fight against that. Settle to down, pull yeah. back and actually Absolutely. be like, all right, well maybe. So for example, like me and Brock have written well together in the past because he comes out with like random ideas because he's got like a really artistic mind and he will he will like try things. And a lot of people would be scared to try those things. And yeah. I'll be like, that's a good idea. Expand on that. Like, where could that go? And then we end up getting to the place because he's just willing to, like, push everything out. Whereas there's, like, other people that I've written with that, like, wouldn't be willing to sing something out loud if they don't have the perfect idea down already. Yeah. And I quite like playing. I like that almost, like, editor role sometimes yeah it's similar to you like when yeah. someone's like just pushing ideas and you go it's not quite working but it's not because you're bad or because you've got bad ideas it's just because that one isn't exactly what i know right. would fit the song but as and soon as and we've both written what well, have you written with brock before yeah yeah we've all written with brock before yeah, it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> worst guy I've ever seen in the room but Brock will, Brock will come up with like idea 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 and then idea and that's the one that clicks right and, and he's like, the one that when the room is silent he'll keep pushing out ideas and actually like I, lo I love it I, I love that yeah, I respect so, like, that you gotta so understand that like sometimes you need people like that like I'm not, I realize that like I'm not the guy if the if the room is quiet I'm probably not gonna throw it out there you know, and it's not necessarily because I'm afraid of it. It's just I don't think as fast as some other people. I'm the same. And some people yeah. have like such quick minds. When you sit down with them, they're just throwing out ideas left and right. You know, but yeah. you need those kind of people, and those kind of people need you to be like, no, that's not right. The best so they don't finish a song in 14 minutes, or at least right. to like process the whole thing. You know, yeah. that's yeah. the thing because right. their mind, their minds are going at like 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and having. The other role is someone that can, as you say, not an editor role, but someone that kind of processes it all, yeah. you know, internalizes yeah. it before, and then spits out, okay, totally. that was good. Why don't we try this and that? Yeah. And I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in like making a skeleton for a song before you start writing it. And See, if, you, if you build that skeleton and this guy's over here just like spitting out ideas left and right, that's great. But then like you might be the guy that's like, okay, that's, that's awesome. Does it fit into it the skeleton of the, the song? Skeleton. You know? Yeah. We've written some of our best songs that way, where we've yeah. got the. So, because I come from the acting background, I like to know the script before. And, and for right. me, it's just like I know the story. Whether it's personal to me or not, I can put something in there that is. Everything is like a mirror of like that tagline or the chorus or whatever. Right. Whereas, like, we, I mean, another friend of ours, Cole hope both Brock and Cole are listening but Cole is like and he would agree with me when I'm saying this he just wants to sit in the room and catch a vibe and like start singing and like I respect that so much I wish I could be that guy but like yeah. if I want to write a song I want to know what it's kind of going to be about before I sit down and write it I'd rather write the story and have the like tagline in the middle before yeah, yeah. well, well our, our last write was once hits the spot yeah that that Nathan Maravich guy that wrote it with us he's he's cutting it I think in Memorial Day um, but we we you text me that idea and yeah. I and I instantly I, I think you just sent me the title and I was like I know I, I just knew kind of where you were going with it for some yeah. weird reason and I said I said Let, let's 
I said, I love that. And I shot you back some random things. You said it's a love song about loving your woman or how much you love her. And I said, oh, it's better, you know, all these things in life hit the spot, but nothing's, you know, and you, yeah. we, we, I think I sent you three or four things in life that, you know, you have a cold beer after a hard day's work, you're like, oh, I hit the spot. And I sent him three or four examples and you sent me three or four back. Yeah. And then we had, we had basically all the verse content. Um, and then we just looked at, we just kind of really needed to be together to, to get a vibe for the chorus. Yeah. And uh, that's still one of my favorite rights of this year. Yeah, same, same. And I think what was cool was that we already had like what you were saying we already had the skeleton of it exactly. but not only that we we had like lines that were writing themselves because we'd already thought it out instead of sitting in the room being like because i've been in a lot of rights actually where songs have ended up being like pretty good but where we've still been sitting there for like an hour going like well where is our guy or where is the narrator during the first right. chorus and then where does it go in the second chorus we were just like if nothing else hits the spot like a relationship we talk about during the verses things that hit the spot but it's not yeah and then all we have to do is write a, a big chorus for it we were like we, we already know where we stand and then there was a line i think it was actually nathan's line he said um like like you you i can't remember what exactly he said but it was something like you're not like a cold beer can or something like that and we almost put that in the chorus and then we we're like oh but we can't really say to a girl you're not as good as a cold beer because they're going to be like <laughs> well yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> was there a was there a potential like fucking rivalry I mean, between me and a cold beer the cold beer comes first <laughs> <laughs> but then we just we we took the idea and put it in the bridge, the bridge like yeah. in the room and i think we wrote that in like two and a half three hours it was, it was it was pretty quick. I think we just wanted to make sure it was good because there was a good energy there for sure. Yeah. So, as I said, one of my favorites. Uh, well, I think uh, I've not really seen this as much with co-writing, but I do a lot of solo writing. And I've noticed that like sometimes I'll sit down and like some of my favorite songs are songs that I've, you know, I'll get back from the gym and I'll sit down. I got an idea in my head and I'll write a song in like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like an entire song. And like, I love that and it's great, but like that happens very rarely, you know, especially when you're co-writing, like that doesn't really happen a whole lot. Like I've had yeah. some songs that I've co-written that maybe we finished in like 30 minutes, maybe I've, an hour or something. I've like done that. A but four, even that's I think like, I've, I think I've done 45 minutes is my quickest one. Yeah. That's, that's tough to find though, you know? Uh, and it's just like, like sometimes it's just the vibe in the room, you know, and mm -hmm. the connection that you have with another writer. Like, you, you know, we're talking about Ryan Garrett. Like, me and him have had some quick rights, you know. I remember My quickest rights were with Ryan. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, what, you guys are just trying to get to fucking Red Door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the part of that is, like, I remember one time he texted me. We had a right set up at this one studio. And uh, he texted me in the morning. He was like, man, I had some shit go down. And uh, he, you know, texted me a couple details and uh, I was thinking on it, and we got together that afternoon, probably about 11 a.m., and uh, we were texting about... We were <laughs> in the afternoon. He's, he's shotgun and twisties. That was an early... <laughs> 11 a.m. in the afternoon. That was an early ride for Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we were texting people with, like... We are texting each other at, like, 9 a.m., and uh, we get together, and we write, we write this song in, like, probably about 30, 40 minutes, and uh, there was a third person in the room... That didn't really do a whole lot, but uh, 
we wrote this song real quick and it was just one of those things where like he was spitting stuff out and I just understood where he was trying to go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, we're good friends and that sort of thing. So like when you have that kind of connection with each other, it's a lot easier, you know? Yeah. But, uh, it takes the bullshit off the top of like, yeah. are you trying to be an artist? Are you trying to sell this song? It's like, right. I hate well, that. let's just write a that. song where we're like talking about something that one of us is going yeah. through. So one of my, I, I have probably two co-writes that I would ever cut right now. And, um, one of them is the one I was talking about goes down in the sky, which was, I got lucky on that with my first co-write with Henry Gates. The other one was Brock. Oh yeah, and Gabe Broussard, and uh, I walked into the room. I never try to write for me because, like, like I say, like most of my stuff, I write solo. And I walked into the room. I had a new guitar that I had gotten because my last one got stolen. And Gabe was like, uh, "Is that your new Gibson?" I was like, "Yeah." So I handed it over to him, and he starts playing this kind of Western thing. And me and Brock are bullshitting and or whatever, and. Uh, and I was like, man, I kind of like that little riff you got there. And uh, so we start, you know, messing around with it. And by the chorus, I was like, I want to cut this song. And I actually, <laughs> I actually had a second right that day with you. You canceled on me, didn't you? No, I didn't cancel. I made it. I still made it. But I literally told, I think it was you and Carson. I can't remember. But I had a second right with that day with you. And uh, we were making such headway on that. And we got to a point where, like, I think we got, like, halfway through a second verse. And they were like, well, I know you got to go at, like, three. And I was like, well, fuck that. I, wanna... <laughs> I was like, you did, though. Please, I'm very I was like, I want to finish this song. Like, I would cut this song. And I never get into a room where we're writing, like, and we were just writing a song to write a good song. We weren't yeah. thinking about who in the in the room would cut it. Yeah. You know, and that or, was like the mentality. Or artists would cut it or what, like, right. record label would right. fucking pitch it or, like, yeah. just writing a fucking song. That's yeah. so cool, man. I think that's one thing for me that started to kind of get to me and piss me off a wee bit in Nashville is that people are like, so are you cutting or, like, yeah. or, or, or who are we writing for? And I'm like, I get it to some extent because a lot of our rights – right now or at least for me right now are independent right you know i, I still yeah. do write with publishers of course i do but like i'm like who gives a fuck like like who cares like just yeah. write let's just write music yeah. that's it, when the best it, stuff comes out man. if it turns out in in my vein or it comes out in calm's vein or comes out in a more of john's vein who cares like yeah. you know and i think when you try and put pressure on it too much it's either you're forcing it and the right doesn't work or I don't know. You don't even finish it, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how, and yeah. That, I went through a phase of like, I don't know, a month of maybe only finishing like half my rights. And I, and when I first came to town, yeah. everyone used to be like, "Oh yeah, he's that guy. He always he's like forces the song to finish." I just wanted the song to be finished at the start. Yeah, I understand sometimes it takes a second go around, but now I'm like, if you're if it's not working, it's just because we're forcing it. See, yeah. I, I I actually like the idea of forcing a song to be finished like say you've got half an hour left let's write a second verse as long as everyone treats it like there is going to be a second right totally. which i don't see a lot of um to be honest like i think that people go right we've written a song let's move on whereas like if you if you were to look at like a rapper's roster and like hip-hop music is is just as big if not bigger than country music and they'll write 10 verses for one verse and they'll like send it around to their friends and be like, pick the best. What slaps yeah. the most? Yeah, yeah what slaps yeah. the most? And uh, 
that's one thing that I've been like a little bit like take not not taken aback, not not disappointed. I don't know what the term would be, but the one thing that I'm like again coming from a film background, I'm like the first script of a movie is never the fucking script that makes yeah. the final cut. So like let's write the song and the the hardest thing to do is create the first script. Yeah. And then once you move away and once you come back to it, you can be like, oh, yeah, that line is the one that needs to change. And there is always something else that you can put in there. But yeah. it's a shame that we just we have so many rights here sometimes that like people will never yeah. come back to it or, you, you know, which is, again, I know. Go on. Go no, on. no, I, I, I'm just agreeing with you. I think I think I think last year. I think last year you and I did something silly the, ver the, the first year we were in town. I think I did like 130 songs in a year. I don't think that's crazy. We were writing like what we were doing when we first started writing together, we were finishing every song mm. in our writing. And I'm glad yeah. we did that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Because now I, I went, as I said, I went through that phase of not finishing songs. And then yeah. you're, you've got these like half fucking notes in your phone or on Google Docs. Right. And I'm like, what, what's the point? Yeah. You've wasted yeah. the hook. And I definitely think there's a lot of value to that. Totally. Yeah. But I actually. And that, that, also to say, like, that's one of the things I really appreciated about you as a writer was that you wanted to get it done that day. Well, because it's like a it's like a song that you're your next single. Right. How many mixes did you take before you thought it was the right one? You revised it. You know, you revise yeah. everything. Cut that, drums twice, cut yeah. vocals six times. Yeah, cut. that's great. Yeah. But I think I could do that vocal better yeah. or. Try try this level louder. You know all these different things. Yeah. Why can't we do that with lyrics? You know. So yeah. I think for me, get get it done. Send it out to some friends. You know, whatever. But um, back back to the point was um, we write so much in this time. As I said, that first year I did yeah. 120, 130 songs, yeah. um, and I've not, I've still not hit that. And the, the, I, I I don't think I'll probably do that this year. Yeah. I'm writing. I've got a busier schedule. But my dad and I sat down the other day. We're talking on the phone he was in an airport and gave me a call and he's like what are you gonna do after your next single and i said i don't, I said, I don't, don't really think that far yet i just said, i'm just kind of going with the flow and he goes you and your circle and the other people out with your circle that you've written with you guys are writing great songs that a lot of people won't hear so he gave me this idea, and I'm just throwing it out there right now. A few guys, we've all written Fantastic. songs together. Let's fucking create a business right now. <laughs> I know, I know. You're going to proposition me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Patent pending. On the fucking podcast. <laughs> but uh, it was actually quite a smart idea. It was like, he's like, you've got, let's say you call it a six-song EP, and you take your six best songs that you know aren't going to get cut by a bigger artist because they're all independent writers, right? And I get it. You know, you want to hold on to some. Because there's a chance that you get picked up and there's a Schedule sure, A that sure. the, the company wants. Yeah. But the songs that you feel like you've always wanted to cut but you've not had the chance yet, he says, why don't you get one of the co-writers or two of the co-writers or the people that wrote it with you, record it and have them sing on it with you. So you get a double the double the promotion for each of those songs. And also you're just getting yeah. to preach those songs that, I mean, there's songs that I like. I'm not saying I'm not like self-obsessed like, freak, but like I, I the listen two to two of us. We've probably got a, like 50 to 100 songs. Oh, easy, two of us, man. easy, man. Yeah, and like and I've got like three that I could add to that. Exactly. <laughs> well, but we, I've, we've known each other three times as long as we've known each other. You know. Yeah. No, but, no, that's cool. That's cool. You but, guys do that. But there's, there's, <laughs> no, you're obviously part of it. But for me, like, there's songs that I listen to that I've been a part of that I've not listened to in a while, and I, like, I'm not an emotional person at all. But when it comes to music, 
I like ball my eyes out. So like I, I remember the other week there, I pulled up my catalog. I did, I sometimes do this thing where I just like scroll the mouse and like see where it lands. Yeah. I mean, there's like 600 songs or 700 songs in there. Wow. Over since I started writing, and I'll play some of these work tapes or demos, and every now and then, I'm not saying often, but every now and then I'll go. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. feel it here or you get you tear up. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's the best, you know. I, I probably if I do record certain ones, I might rework them with the people I wrote it with. Sure. But I think that would be something so cool that I'm really looking to do yeah. maybe this year or next year is six songs of the songs that people might never hear. Because think about the songs in this town that people might never hear. That'd be a great album title right there. Songs that people might never hear. <laughs> songs you won't hear. Songs you songs won't hear. hear. Songs you'll never hear. Songs you'll never hear. What I've slowly learn in this town is if a publisher isn't part of the song unless you're already tight with like a major label the chances of you getting a cut with a publisher on an outside song are very the, the, the yeah. cut is is almost impossible yeah so for unless, me unless Chris Stapleton somehow wanders into Live Oak and is exactly, watching your, exactly but do you not do you not think that why don't you just cut them well exactly yeah but I, yeah of course and that's for me, I'm, I'm I'm stood here kind of right now trying to figure out if I want to do it. It was just an idea that yeah, my dad had. Yeah. But I think, as I said, it might not be my best six songs or our best six songs, but it might be songs that had that emotional attachment to them. And yeah. I've got a lot of songs like that that I know I probably was never going to put out as like a Chris and Richie single or it's a song that I think is good, but I'm not going to send it to a publisher. I definitely have some songs that like I've written with people and specifically like the instance i brought up earlier about me and ryan writing that one song like that was a song that meant a lot to me because it meant a lot to him and it was what he was going through in that moment and like stuff like that like really grips you like and that's like a song like that's never going to come out but it still means something to the writers you know and i think that's a that's a that's a fun idea to say like if we get a, we get together on a recording or something like that and we sing a song together that, you know, like you said, like it might not be our best song, but it's something that means a lot to us. Like maybe it was a rainy day that like me and you got together and we're miserable as fuck, as we usually are, <laughs> drinking as we usually are. And we, we write a great song and we write a song that we like. And like just to be able to put that out there, you know. Well, look, look. The the best example when he said that to me, I was like, oh, no one's ever done that. And he turned around to me, and goes, "My dad's as big of like a Morgan Wallen and Hardy and Ernest fan as I am." And he goes, "Well, look at Hex Tape." Yeah, exactly. And, and I said, exactly. "Okay, they've done that on a bigger level." Yeah. But what you know, they know that's not their best songs, but they're ca- they're so catchy. They've got a good idea behind yeah. it. It's well. But what if you did do that with like writers around Nashville? You know, that's what Even, I mean, like, it might be a small time, but still, like, it's an opportunity. You know, yeah. And I think I think a big part of of it, obviously, is you're holding on to that little bit of like intellectual property, right? You know, there's some songs that you know that they've got a chance if it got to the across the right desk or got to the right yeah. artist. But the chances are, as independents, you're sending songs to publishers. They're like, this guy's great. We're going to sign him. But they're, they're, they want 100% your, pu- or they want that 50% of your publishing from the songs that you write yeah. from then on out. Can, yeah. can I ask you this? Only to play devil's advocate. But what if you put them out as an artist and they took off? then everyone's going to trust the rest of your songs. So I'm saying, so it's, it's a balance. That's something I've really found here is like, you know, I can, I can put out a record for 
for I've got friends that are the producers of my songs and they give me a good rate and I've never it's not put me out of crazy pocket you know the, the hardest yeah. thing nowadays is how much you put into promotion of the song yeah yeah but, but, that, but that's the next part but but in terms of recording them yeah I could afford to record as many probably as many as I wanted to for a period of time and you know save up again and do 10 songs 10 songs whatever you know you get package deals and people look out for you but yeah. it's just you're holding on to certain songs for a reason but I don't know if that was something we all agreed on as writers on a song and I'm saying, hey, I love this song, you know, have you pitched it and nothing came back? Have I pitched it and nothing came back? But we still love it. Then that's maybe a song for the six song potential, yeah. Yeah. you know, collaborative EP. Especially if we're not tied to publishing deals or if like none of the songs are specifically tied to um, like artists, if no one's got them on hold, I'm like, just get them. Just get them cut. Well, what's the worst that can happen? You get like a take, you get a, you get a, either a demo back of it or you get a full recording and you don't cut it and it's just sat there. I mean, that's yeah. that's so cool to be able to say, okay, yeah, I wrote this and that. They're not out yet. Yeah, they could still be pitched. Yeah, yeah. Well, even better to be pitched as a demo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, work tapes now are, can't pitch that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Yeah. An iPhone recording. I mean, I mean, when <laughs> I very first came, when room. <laughs> some of my first meetings when I, when I did come here, I was sending them that, and I remember they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna get you writing with this guy who's a track guy and stuff." And yeah. you know, I'm so glad that happened. But it's a big learning curve. But that that was just something I threw out there. But you're right. There's so many songs that we write, everyone writes in this town that are never gonna be heard. Yeah, yeah. Are you boys? Um, are you boys looking into publishing at all? Well, I mean, uh, we've worked with multiple publishers yep. since we met, um, mostly small time publishers around town. And that's definitely a, you know, you want to meet somebody that you can go into business with and, you know, with a publisher, it's somebody who's going to pitch your songs, somebody who's going to give you a regular writing schedule, that sort of thing. And, um, but I think the biggest part of that is just finding somebody that's, that wants to be a part of your team. You know, that's a big part of my situation right now is I'm looking for people to be a part of my team. And uh, publishing's tough. I mean, there's a lot of small-time publishers right now on Music Row that are trying to come up and trying to make waves. And they're kind of, you know, they they share the struggle of a lot of songwriters, I feel like, you know. Totally. I think, I think touching upon that, like I was so stoked. I don't know why I said that word stoked. (laughs) I was so like excited. (laughs) Can we cut that? Nineties. Nineties. Those whiskeys make me from like fucking California. eh? (laughs) But, um, I remember when I, when that deal came through the very first time I was like, this is amazing. And we sent it to some lawyers and stuff, and it seemed they were like, this is a very like normal deal for Nashville. So I thought it was, I think a big part for me is the team you've got around you. You've got to know that the energy is right, that they have your exact same interests. They have you as their main priority. And I feel like through my experiences of the two years I was, I was there, let's just say, um, they did the bare necessities and I think yeah. looking back I wrote a lot of good songs and there wasn't the effort there to push them just from my experience and um, I mean if it wasn't for that deal I wouldn't be sat here today doing what I do and in terms of signing a deal for me now 
it's got to be the right deal. I make yeah. good money playing live and I get songs cut independently. Yeah. I make money from that. So right yeah. now, I'm just kind of going where the wind takes me in terms of publishing. If it blows me in a direction where there's a good deal, it does. If it doesn't. Like one of the biggest draws to Nashville is just like the sense of community. That's why I stuck around was because there's so many people around that wanted to see me do well. And I didn't even know like who you were. Like when I met you, man, like, uh, like I didn't know you didn't, you didn't know me, but I got the sense that you wanted to see me do well. I wanted to see you do well. Like, you know, and Nashville has that about themselves, you know, and that's really cool. And I think it's like, you just go out there, you do the best that you can. You invest in other people, you invest in the people that you like and you want to see them do well. And if they do well, you just support them, you know, and you're a cheerleader. And if you do well, they're going to be supporting you, you know, and that's like, it's really cool to be out in like one of the biggest towns in in the states right now that's like blowing up, and yeah. Nashville is it's really like number blowing. one right now. Yeah, it's, it's blowing up right now. Yeah, but you got this com- Austin. Yeah, and you've got this community of people that just want to see other people do well, and that's really cool. Yeah. You know? So don't drag other people down. Just like, I mean, of, of course, there's like fucking shit that goes on here, and I I, yeah. I just choose not to. There's be always part of small it. town stuff. But know? I mean, it's a, such a small big town. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? it is, man. It um, is. But and it always is. Even if you were in LA, it would still be. You'd totally, still get yeah, around totally. the songwriters, and they'd still be yeah. you know, catty. And but I get asked that question a lot. Like, see uh, any like kind of interviews you do on Zoom or whatever you're doing. I get asked that a lot. This guy's getting interviewed all the time. Every year. Uh, no, I, when, <laughs> for the new single, there might be a few more. Of it. Um, but anyone like for my last single, when I did it, I did a lot of like British interviews from back home, and it was all like. So, I was always an English guy. So, living in Nashville, you know, like, he was like, <laughs> "Is it really competitive?" And I and and I sat there. I said, "Of course it's competitive, right? Because everyone's trying to be the next, you know, write the next number one or be the next Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs or I don't know, whoever." But yeah. it's not like cutthroat, right? Okay, the industry yeah. in itself, like you're, you, you yeah. the deals, you know, you might think you're guaranteed a, a record deal or a published deal that doesn't cut, happen or they cut you because you see a certain thing. But the songwriting community is such a unique thing. Yeah. And I think that's as much as Nashville around it's going to change as in Broadway becomes Midtown, which becomes yeah. Sobro all becomes one big yeah. thing. You know, downtown's going to be massive in 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to change the songwriting nature. There's something so cool about here, yeah. and um, I just feel like you know. I hope I hope it stays that way. I think that's really what what got me sticking around here. I would not have stayed if not for the community that was built here. Yeah, I think, and I still got like you know, like me, you, Cole, Brock, the main Ryan, boys. You know, Callum the new hanging out. Like, the, new, the, new, the second Scott. How weird is that, though? We've got two yeah. Scottish people. Yeah, as well. I remember the first time I met you was we're sit, I was sitting at Live Oak, and I I, I think you, I, I heard you say something or whatever, and I guess I guessed you were Scottish. I was at Live Oak, and you were like, oh, what's up? I met you with Chris the other night, and I was like. Then we saw the guy get dragged out of Tin Roof. Yeah, that's right. Beaten so and was bloodied. Like, I was like, I was Ryan, fucking Ryan hammered. Garrett. <laughs> it was Ryan. We watched that guy get dragged out. Let's never go to Tinroof again. Should we go to Red Door? And we fucking yeah. had a great night at Red Door. But yeah. Yeah. What a fucking fantastic night. <laughs> the, the one thing I will say about the, the group that we've got here is 
when I first got to London with like the acting shit, everything was very much like if you ever went into like a casting room, like you're sitting in the corridor before and like there's five other dudes that look like you that are about to go in for like an audition and everyone's kind of looking at each other like who the fuck is this guy like I'm better than this guy and everything's so competitive because it's 0.0001% of people will get the job and everyone else gets pied off I made some friends in London that were all like one of them was from York one of them was, was from Australia one of them was from South London I was from Edinburgh and we were all trying to do the same shit we kind of formed like a little group of actors that were like Regardless of what happens, even if we're going for the same role, let's like help each other prepare for the role so that when it comes down to it, if anyone's going to get it, if it's not me, I'd rather it was you. Yeah. And if it's not you, you would rather it was me type thing. Right. And we kind of created that little circle. And So they kicked you out and you found us. And they, and they, <laughs> and they, and they kicked me right out of there. <laughs> so you joined the Degenerates. The degenerates. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we, we still have that group today within yeah. like our little acting community. We still have a group that's like, if like, for example, if I'm up for a job and they offer me the job and I've got another acting job on I'll put one of those guys forward and yeah. say that's awesome man like one yeah. of these guys can fill my place and I went to Austin in between acting and music and that kind of transition into doing both and in Austin I love Austin great city but like it was either people just wanted to drink fucking PBRs and get fucked up all day or they were like very closed off yeah does that look familiar <laughs> <laughs> or they were just very fucking closed off and they don't want yeah. anything to do with you if you're successful that means you're taking their place yeah as soon as I came to Nashville it was like we're all doing the same shit let's form yeah. like a well, I can say allegiance, you, like a yeah. gang, a you clan, fit in, if you will, <laughs> a, a Scotch clan, a clan. <laughs> well, you fit in really good with culture, man. Like, I, you know, you're one of those people that, you know, especially transitioning from you've got a fruitful career in acting, and pour yourself to, to some tequila therapy over I'm there. Just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to make sure that we can cheers. And uh, and then you're coming over to the the music side of things, but you've been really humble about it, and. Uh, you know, and and same for Chris here. You Chris know. brother. So well, I mean, we're Chris Chris came over from the uh, Glasgow soccer side of things. Where yeah. he was, he was a huge <laughs> a huge name. Oh, Celtic under 14s. So you know, I, could, I could skid myself. I was that good. <laughs> but well, uh, no, John, uh, it's I know we're not getting all soppy here. But uh, well, honestly, know. I love you, cunts. I know. I, I love you <laughs> too. And I'm so glad. Can we put you. that on? Can we put that I on? Got to put on. I know. <laughs> we're Scottish. It's not offensive over there. <laughs> but no, you've uh, you know you guys especially in our circle being outsiders it's very nice to have people welcome you in and i think because of that other people talk to us as well they're like oh those guys know all these american guys and they we're obviously outgoing people ourselves but uh you know it's it's been a really beneficial thing i'm not saying our, our relationship is transactional or anything but it's been a very beneficial like relationship for everyone involved and i love that and i'm very grateful for that yeah i think Same. you've got a good crowd Same. Cheers. Should we, should we wrap it up there? Maybe we should wrap yeah. it up. I don't know. I've got to go and play at 9 oh, o'clock. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm looking at the time. I'm like, Chris is on stage in 14 minutes. 14 minutes. <laughs> right, right. We'll do oh, another fuck. four wow. shots. No, I'm All right. Love Cheers. you, guys. Cheers, guys. Love you all. Love you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.